from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs. This is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. This is Locked On Chiefs. It's Thursday following a big win in Mexico City. Chris Clark is back from Chiefs Diver. As well as me, I'm Ryan from RGR Football and Rogue Analytics. Uh, the analytics will be coming here soon. Look for something later this week, as well as when the draft season gets rolling. And got some news. Story of the day right now is that they dodged a bullet with Tyreek Hill, and it does not seem to be serious. MRI was done, and it looks like he should be ready to go. That's certainly what it's. <laughs> that's certainly what it sounds like, and uh, that's great news for them. He really wanted to come back into the game, but the doctors wouldn't let him and the team would let him. And that's a good sign as well. I think that's really the best outcome that you could hope for. It clearly showed some patience on the part of the coaching staff to know that he felt good. and He wanted in yet to hold him out as a precaution because, you know, down the stretch post this by you got to have him. This is something that definitely takes the top off of defenses, and I think that was pretty evident from the way they played against the Chargers. Yeah, I would agree with that, although I also wonder how much altitude had to do with uh, missing throws deep and missing throws down the field uh, for both teams um, a little bit, honestly. But, you know, that was a very good game uh, for the defensive side of the football for Kansas City. Uh, Offense needs to figure things out, and I think they'll do that over the bye week. I think they better, but I agree with you. I think that was something that they could build off of. Personally, I felt like they took a step forward on defense again. Not only that um, Frank and Tyron Matthews started to contribute like we thought they would when they were brought here in the offseason, but also that the staff seemed to match what they needed to do better. Uh, I'm looking at snap counts and those kind of things, and we saw a definite uptick in the defensive line. Um, some of the things that I've been harping on, and that's what I'm going to be looking at here later in the week. Reggie was about the same, but the defensive tackles in particular, Mike Pinnell, um, the rotation that they had, being able to do that and still get players off the field so they could play their their nickel and dime sets like they liked. Um, it looked like the coaching staff, in terms of substitutions and scheme, uh, was on a higher level this week as well. Yeah, I really did. And you know, you had different situations where you had different players coming from different angles and uh, excuse me, as Seth pointed pointed out, you had Mike Pinnell actually dropping into coverage on one play, which I remember actually seeing and kind of laughing at uh, personally. But uh, it makes sense that you're going to have to do that at times if you're going to send people from different angles. It, it does. Um, I don't like it. Chris Jones did it. Naughty did it. I, I'm, I don't particularly like it, but one snap a game I can I can deal with. It's not Justin Houston being 20% in coverage, you know. Right. And honestly, it makes sense to me because if you want your defense to be uh, if you don't want the other coordinator to figure out what you're doing, you you need to be able to mix it up. And that's definitely one way to mix it up and send a lot more people at one side of the field than the other. That's something that they're going to have to do going forward to that. They're going to have a tough game post by um, with a surging Raiders team. That's just a game behind a half game behind them at this point and who's been playing very well. They have to be able to disguise some things. Second time around for the Raiders seeing this team. They've gotten their act together. It looks like the Chiefs are getting their act together right on time. And they're going to have a dogfight on their hands because the Raiders and John Gruden can taste a share of the division lead, taking it over should they win. And I think that's going to be a, a bigger matchup than we originally thought. We looked a little bit ahead, I think. Oh, I think we probably did. But at the same time, I'm still 
of the opinion that the Raiders are, I mean, they're playing, <laughs> excuse me, they're playing well, but I think that they're still uh, a questionable team with the schedule that they've had. They haven't played really uh, many teams that are very good right now. So really hard for me to give them a lot of credit. Yeah, I can't really argue with the strength of their schedule, but uh, players get motivated. Teams get motivated in this last stretch to get to the playoffs, I think, is um, really the golden ring that that every team is looking for. I don't think the Raiders were in it to begin with, and they've clawed their way back. And then after the Chiefs pass them, you're looking square at Tom Brady in New England, who I think, again, you can argue some schedule things about, but they are still the Patriots. They're still the guys that have beaten them a number of times uh, and still a formidable foe. They're absolutely formidable, but it, I don't think it's the same Patriots uh, that we thought they were earlier in the year. Uh, I think we'll get a much better idea, or at least maybe possibly a better idea of who they are after they play the Cowboys this weekend. Uh, I'm not saying that they're necessarily going to lose, but this game will tell more uh, because the Patriots really haven't looked good against the good teams that they played. Yeah, let's uh, let's all just say go, go Dallas this week. Uh... I think that's going to be a unanimous thing across Chiefs Kingdom. So when we get back, folks, we are going to dig into some of the details, uh, get Chris's reaction to the game, and see where we're going from here as the Chiefs get a little bit more time off. We'll be right back. If you found 100 on the street, would you pick it up or would you keep walking? Of course, you take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay you when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. I wouldn't be telling you guys to bet with them if they weren't the best. Do the smart thing if you're going to bet this football season, bet with my bookie. Did you know you could bet on games after kickoff? If by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can always just take the other side. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year. Join now and my bookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code locked on to activate the offer. That's promo code locked on. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, and you get paid. So I know you got to see the game. I know you were you were driving some as well, so probably didn't get uh, as much follow-up as normal. But where do you sit with the performance overall, and, and what were your takeaways? Number one takeaway is I think that the offense could have done better late in the game. Uh, but at the same time, I, I do think that um, – what they did in the third quarter was very impressive. Uh, they gave the defense a chance to rest, and that was very important. Uh, you know, people don't like to talk about time of possession, but if Kansas City would have continued the the way it was, it didn't matter if they were going to get six turnovers. They wouldn't have won that game. It's a tough one. I thought that all in all, everybody, and I called it a complete game, um, on the YouTube Q and a, because and everybody does you know, like a lot that. of folks. <laughs> no, they didn't like that term. And I, and I want to explain a little further. I, I put another tweet to follow it up, but what I wanted to say is that no, the offense did not look great. They sputtered, but for once it was not all lopsided where one part of the team performed up to expectation or, or enough to get a win. It was nobody was super great, uh, but they were all about even they all contributed. The special teams contributed and didn't have the blunders that we had seen. The defense definitely stepped up, and the offense got yards when they needed to get yards in ways that they hadn't game planned for because of the loss of Tyreek. Yeah, and Tyreek Hill really changes what defenses are able to do against this Chiefs team, so he's going to be uh, tantamount going forward, which he already <coughs> almost always is anyway. 
the Chiefs are lucky they have Travis Kelsey, and he's been a force this year because he has really helped this offense uh, continue, continue moving the ball when Tyree Kill's been out. And they're going to need to rely on him going forward. I, like we talked earlier in the first segment that Hill looks like he's going to be able to go. We'll get more follow-up once they practice next week. But even if he is, you still have to kind of batten down the hatches. You have to be prepared for another injury because soft tissue injuries, hamstrings in particular, they like to recur. So I think that built into this game plan against the, the coming Raiders, you got to build in for what if he gets hurt again? How are you going to shift in a smoother way? Um, I thought that they, they took up the slack admirably. Uh, I think playing between the, the cover three zones and the single high man looks that they got, I thought they did a pretty good job in coming off where they had to. And I thought that they reverted to the run better than they had to in quite a while, to tell you the truth. Um, what was your take on Daryl's performance when he was in the game uh, against the Chargers? Well, I've always liked Daryl Williams, so him doing well wasn't surprising to me. What I will say is I think that Kansas City expected to have a much better field than it ended up being. And I, I do agree. Uh, there's been a lot of people talking about how this is a track team. <clears throat> and track teams need footing. And they absolutely did not have footing in this game. And that is going to mess with your timing routes. It's going to mess with just about everything. Uh they don't have a running game, so to speak of. Uh, yeah, Daryl Williams played well, and the different running backs ran the ball pretty well for the most part. But they ended up losing Damian Williams and LaShawn McCoy in the same game. Um, so they were down to Daryl Williams and not much really other than that. And at that situation, you're sitting there going, um, hopefully they can just stay healthy enough to continue to finish the game. Well, and at this point... My guess is that we're not going to see Damien. Rib issues usually take a little bit longer than that to get healed up. It is kind of a mysterious concussion protocol for Deshaun, so I'm not going to rule him out. But if they go into this game with Daryl and Darwin, how do you feel about the prospects of running the ball then? It's going to be tough. I think Daryl can do it. I just don't know that they're going to focus on that. I think you're going what you're going to be looking at is you're going to be looking at a team that wants to continue to pass the ball. And honestly, in Kansas City, they should be wanting to pass the ball. They know Arrowhead Stadium. That that field is something that they know intimately, and they should be ready to go and, and good to go against this Raiders team that's going to be coming in here in two weeks. And I fully expect that Andy Reid's going to have some new wrinkles uh, that he's going to be able to uh, throw out there. And you know, you think about it and you think, well, maybe he's not going to throw them out there because of the Patriots. I would almost say that he's likely to have some new wrinkles for both the Patriots and some for the Oakland Raiders so that the Patriots have to prepare for what the new wrinkles are. Absolutely. that's That's got to be the game plan. Put something on film that you haven't done yet against the Raiders. So that the Patriots have to spend time working on that. Uh, I think that's a critical piece of not only game planning, but season planning. Um, and there's been a lot of questions about, are, are they sandbagging a little bit? Are they keeping some things up their sleeve? And I definitely think that they are. And I think that's um, a sound plan and a good way to go about this. But I do still have the sneaking suspicion that they do have good players in Oakland. Uh, Worley in particular has, has stepped up. Um, you know, Carl Joseph is Carl Joseph. I, I, I relish playing against him. Here's the thing for but, me, though. If they go into this game with a healthy Patrick Mahomes, who's going to be two weeks from playing his last game, 
And I think that that's going to change everything for this Kansas City team. I, I, I really do think that he is such a difference maker across the board. Uh, I, ex- I fully expect they're going to have Tyree kill. I would be shocked if they don't have Tyree kill, uh, mainly because it was a minor injury and also because he's one of those guys that seems to heal the quickest from almost everything. That's so that's I think he's going to play. And with Tyree kill in this situation, you're going to be sitting there in, in a fantastic position because Tyree kill, Sammy Watkins, McCall Hardman. I think McCall Hardman is going to be somebody that they're going to start leaning on a little bit more in this, in this game plan uh, and maybe move away from DeMarcus Robinson. Cause Robinson just hasn't been doing anything when he's gotten his opportunities. Yeah, he had a nice streak early in the season, and, and he's backed off a little bit. But I go back to how the Raiders are equipped to do what we just saw the Chargers do in, in playing single high and playing a lot of man. Even if Tyreek is out there, it disrupts timing. And I'm not so sure that there's any difference in Mahomes in 10 days from now as there was just the other night in a season low in passing yards for him where it wasn't him it was coverage that was not allowing him to do what he wanted to do and that's where I come back to can they run the ball without LaShawn and Damian and I think it's it's got to be a well-rounded offense against the Raiders because the Raiders are going to try to hold the ball as well and I'm a little bit concerned that this hiccup in Mexico City has to be overcome and want to make sure that that's the direction they're going what do you think of that we will have to agree to disagree because I don't think the running game is, is as important as you were making it out to be in this game. I think Kansas City is going to continue to be the team that they've been and throw the ball more than they're going to run it, uh, a lot more than they're going to run it. And I think that they're going to try to take advantage of a Oakland secondary that it really can't keep up with them very well. And that may definitely be the case. We'll, we're going to have to see how they rebound and see how everything shakes out. Uh, I'm I'm wondering if LeJean isn't back anyway, and I, I think he definitely brought something in the passing game. So we'll be back in a minute, folks, and we're going to dig into preparation going forward, where they are at this particular bye week so late in the season and how we feel about wrapping up the last quarter. So I think I really enjoy for this team, for its prospects going into the postseason, uh, having these these late, really late this year, uh, bye weeks, to get them a little bit of breather, get them a little bit of rest and relaxation. Um, you know, they lost a day being on Monday night rather than than Sunday this particular time, but I think that's that's going to be just fine. My question to you is, do you feel like they're moving ahead or are they still stuck in the mire? How do you feel about them moving forward through the last uh, quarter of the season, basically? Honestly, I think you have to just, you're going to have to ask me after the Raiders game. Um, I wish I had a better answer for you, but... This team has just been so inconsistent lately. Uh, the Titans game, they sh- that shouldn't have been a game at all. <laughs> and then to, you know, win the San Diego game or win the Los Angeles game. There you go. I did it again. Um, but to not really play well in offense, uh, which has been your best, your best weapon all season long. And I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. Great that the defense was able to come in and, and do well and special teams did enough. But uh, to not have the offensive output that you normally would, um, that's a little concerning. And honestly, you know, missing a day, I really wish they would have almost played on a Sunday night instead of a Monday night, because I do think that it took a lot out of them being at altitude and a lot more maybe than they expected it was going to. So I do think that recovery time wise, it would have been better if it would have been a Sunday night game, because at that point, then you're at least getting a full two weeks (laughs) 
Right. And that's kind of how I uh, felt about it as well. Like it's, it's a bit of a shame. And not only is it on the Monday rather than the Sunday, but it's also uh, a pretty taxing to play in that environment. Uh, I thought that the team in general looked a bit, bit slow, a bit encumbered by the altitude and certainly recovery from that can be difficult. Although they did beat feet and they got out of town rather quickly, um, getting back uh, early in the following morning. And so, you know, a, a return to low altitude will help you. But that rest is so critical at this point from just the natural attrition through the season. Um, the guys that haven't played as many snaps, those guys that didn't get a lot of play early in the season, the first three, four, five games, uh, guys like Colin Saunders, guys like Reggie Raglan, um, Michael Hardman to some extent, he's been in there, but I feel like his reps have been more important down the stretch and he's getting a few more of them. And I agree with you. I think he might be a bigger focus going forward. It's it's unfortunate, though, that they didn't get that extra rest time because right now I think they could probably all use it. Well, the big thing with McCall, and, and you would really have to go back and watch the snaps that he actually played, especially in this game against Los Angeles, is you know he just hasn't really been targeted too much. Uh, and that's kind of surprising with the speed he has, but you have to wonder if it's maybe a separation issue. Uh, is he still struggling with that? Is he struggling with you know being in the right spot? Um, a lot of question marks as to why he hasn't been playing more than you would expect. Definitely, and it's it's something that, I, or at least being targeted. Yeah, I mean the the targets come, I think, based on on the defense's output as well. But they they had a stretch, started off pretty hot, and, and then really, what was it? Starting with Green Bay, just didn't get a whole lot of play. Nine snaps against Green Bay, eleven against Minnesota, eighteen against Tennessee. And then, bam, back up into the 50s, um, a significant portion uh, on pass plays against um, the Chargers at altitude. So uh, maybe that is something has clicked. And, and like you said, he's, they can start to lean on him a bit more. Well, I think that was more Tyree Kill injury related than it was anything else. But uh, the one thing I will say, uh, you know, PFF has a stat that McCall Hardman is the number one receiver uh, in the NFL when it comes to. Um, QB rating for targets. So he is doing very well when he is targeted. He just isn't very targeted very much. So you would hope that that's something that they can figure out over the bye week. I certainly hope so. Cause I think that especially when he gets just so few targets and makes the most out of them, like we saw against Tennessee, um, that that ought to deserve more. And I, I haven't seen anything on film, although I have not gotten the all to the all 22 here from uh, this chargers game. I haven't seen anything on film where anybody's uh, concentrating on taking him away or anything like that. So I don't know. It's hard to, for me to take a, a guess at, at what the hiccup is. Yeah, I'm not sure on that either. Uh, you know, I, I would love to be able to come up with uh, something and, and give you a reason as to why he's not being targeted more, uh, especially with the uptick in snaps this past week against Los Angeles. But unfortunately, we just don't have an answer right now. And it's, it's a big question mark because, like I said, I mean, when he's the number one receiver being targeted and having a QB rating of 153 point, I think it's 153.3, um, why wouldn't you be getting that guy the ball more? Why wouldn't you be making plays for him? And, and I understand you have Tyree Kill and you need to feed him too, but, uh, you know, Sammy Watkins hasn't been fantastic this year either. So uh, it's not like Watkins is, is made you forget about Hill. And you've been having Robinson on the field a lot. So question marks on that. Absolutely. And I thought the way that Sammy started the season so explosive. I know he had the hamstring issue, but he still does look explosive. He showed it a couple of times against the Chargers. But again, 
just not that many targets. And I have to feel that that was more the defense, but it, it may be a separation issue as well. I think Mahomes is getting a little bit more uh, specific about what he wants before he's going to take a shot. And I think that leans more towards Hill and Kelsey. Uh, but maybe that is a sign that you're going to have to go down the stretch. You're going to have to play t- play into tighter coverage uh, because that's what Sammy's going to get. Uh, the separation isn't going to be there. He's going to use his body a little bit more, which I, I think is an underrated way to use Sammy Watkins, but they don't seem to be taking advantage of it right now. No, they don't. And there is questions as to why they're not doing that either. I mean, he wasn't targeted. With Tyree Kill out, you would have thought that Sammy Watkins was going to get 10 to 15 targets in that game. And you just, you just didn't see it. And I'm not exactly sure what that was. I mean, there was a lot of swing passes to the running back. There were a couple of screens. And I'm not saying that they don't need to run screens or, or swing passes to the running back. But, you know, why aren't you making plays that are a little bit deeper you know, down the field as opposed to just giving them, you know, short plays every single time to defend. True. Uh, although I think the pass rush probably played a factor in that. Uh, I know that they didn't give up a huge amount of pressures in terms of uh, what PFF came up with, but I felt like they were walked back quite a bit. I felt like the tackles in particular uh, were losing, even if it didn't lead to a, a technical pressure. Um, it felt like uh, Mahomes had to move more than than he's had to in games recently. Well, that's fair, but only three targets for Sammy Watkins and two catches uh, when, with the game with Tyree Gill out. I mean, it's just really hard to understand why you're only targeting Watkins, a guy that has been very good for you this even this year at times, uh, why you're not targeting more uh, and why you're not making plays that really uh, he's able to do. I mean, even you know with bad... Uh, play at offensive line at times and, and allowing pressure. I mean, Sammy Watkins is great over the middle. Throw him slants. Uh, get the yardage that way. Please. Yeah, it's it's the best route that he runs, honestly. Um, the slant and sluggo, I, that's, I do with him all day. And I agree with you. And I think I think they're they're in better shape now, having gotten past Bosa and Ingram at this point, without them doing a ton of damage. Uh, I feel like they're, they're not going to face another pass rush duo here the rest of the regular season until they see them again. Um, that does bode well. I thought Fish was rusty. Um, I can't blame him. Um, I'm not going to hold it against him in any way. I thought he was. Uh, he looked better in terms of uh, strength at the point of attack, in terms of uh, not allowing uh, the easy pressures, uh, the, the fumbling pressures, but he definitely does need to play back into shape. It's been a while. Yeah, and players are going to have to be able to do that after being out as long as he's been out. So that makes sense. Uh, you know, I, I thought he played pretty well. Um, you know, you also get into a point where, you know, you're finally sitting here and, and maybe the offense is going to be full strength going into this Oakland game. And that would be a fantastic situation to be in um, because this offense hasn't really been fully healthy for almost the entire season until uh, the Monday night game against Los Angeles but we haven't even talked about the guy that had probably one of the best games or easily the best games in his career in Kansas city. Frank Clark was a monster on Monday night and he played a lot. Absolutely. And I feel like he's coming out of the shadow of that pinch nerve that clearly affected his play. I know it affects grip strength and, and extension strength. So I can understand that being, but 
I, I said it the other night, even against backup tackles, that this is this is the guy they paid for. The question is, can he maintain this against starting caliber players? Although you're not going to get that against um, the Raiders. So it looks like another favorable matchup. If he can put two back to back, I'm going to feel a whole lot better about going down the stretch with what Frank could produce. Well, and, you know, the bigger thing for me isn't necessarily that he, you know, did it against backups. It's how often he did it. I mean, he was constantly in Rivers' face, and he's the one that sped Rivers up on a couple of his interceptions. Um, mm-hmm. The Sorensen interception at the end, he was he was a cause of uh, being sped up because of Frank Clark. The, the interception to um, Fenton, I think, also was attributed to Clark, you know, pushing Phillip out of his spot <coughs> ready to throw. So... Um, I thought Clark played a fantastic game, uh, looked really good in run defense as well. But the thing that really stuck out to me on that was he was out there that it seemed like almost entire last drive uh, when everybody else was sucking for wind. He was still out there and he was playing hard and uh, he really helped. Yeah, that final play in particular, um, getting that pressure, um, you know, the, the long way, the hard way. Uh, on that play where Dan Sorensen jumped in front of the ball, that was that's uh, that's powering through. That's being a leader. That's that's being that exceptional player that you need on this defense that he was brought here to be. So yep. uh, let's see if he can do it again. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and folks, we're going to get Chris of cold meds and try to get him yeah. recovered for tomorrow's show. Um, but let us know what you think. Are you optimistic in terms of the next couple of games after seeing what they did at altitude? Let us know. Hit locked on Chiefs. Hit us in the comments on RGR. Uh, We appreciate all of your time listening to us today. We'll be back with you tomorrow with some more information. Thanks for listening to us now, and we'll talk to you then. Ryan Tracy is the founder of Rogue Analytics and the host of RGR Football on YouTube. Follow him there. Chris Clark is a senior analyst at ChiefsDigest.com, where you can get his work. Rate and review at Apple Podcasts, and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Thank you for listening.